podcast. I'm Courtney. And I'm Anna. And we are here today with no rambling at the beginning. Not just because the guest who's with us has told us recently that he does not listen to the rambling. (laughs) Or he doesn't prefer it or something. There was some word used. But also because we have a guest. And it is my pastor, Anna's dad. Your father-in-law. Yes forget like parts. Paul always is like, you call him pastor. And I'm like, I call him pastor when I'm talking about him as a pastor. Yeah. Um, and not to mention we're, we, you and I are real awkward about calling our in-laws yeah. by their names, but then also I'm not going to call him yeah. dad or. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> you. So, so Ashley, our sister-in-law who joined the family almost a year ago now. Mm-hmm. Wow. Feels like it's been 15. <laughs> She, the other day, was like, Elizabeth, such and such. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was weird for me, but... I don't I, get that. I, I, I think it's a generation. Day one, thing. I call my in-laws mom and dad. I can't I do can't. it. I can't do it. And I can't... Because I learned that from my parents. That's just what you do. That's yeah. how they always refer to them. But and I, I find it so weird that you all struggle with that. I can't do it. It doesn't bother it. me. But I think y'all are weird anyway. But I, and I think the first name thing would be different if I didn't know. Like, I met y'all when I was, like, a kid, essentially. Yeah. It felt like I was a kid. Did you bring, like, a wrap? I have a squish pot of coffee. I betcha. I didn't that's know what hilarious. a squish pot was before I went to this church. I don't even know if that's a word. I made that up. Okay, so it's a thing of coffee. Yes. I thought it was, like, a... Like a, a carafe or something. Don't they call it that? I don't no, know. No, that's one you pour. This one you kind of milk it like a cow. There's a word the for it because we've used them at work for something. I don't know what it is. Either way, um, so this should be a lively conversation. Also, we did just ramble for two minutes. We so did, yeah. You're welcome. Um, but we are excited to have um, him here. We have spoken highly of his sermons um, before from Lake Wildwood Baptist. And actually, I think I have it linked on our Instagram um, just we enjoy his sermons, so there's that plug. And it's it's on the podcast app. Yes, now which you, is yeah. highly convenient. So yes, just go there if you want to listen. Yeah. Um, your latest series is in Habakkuk, mm-hmm. and the second one you did was like annoyingly <laughs> convicting. And then I needed it like the next day, like it mm. popped up in my head and I was like, well, this is great. And that's what I always say about things that like, I, I actually really love them and they really impact me, but mm. I always say they're annoying. Cause, yeah. So good series. Didn't know anything about Habakkuk before, oh, but so, so good. Yes. So right where we're living right mm-hmm. now, but we are having him on. He actually came to us. With this idea um, talking about um, like how to listen to a sermon in mm-hmm. church and what to what to do with the sermon after you hear it and all of that I feel like I packaged that really badly but um, so yeah we're just gonna jump into the conversation um, he's got some talking points and we're just gonna have a discussion all right well I think the first point to make or the first thought that comes to my mind is that I really want to talk to you all, interview the two of you, because I preach far more than I get to listen. Uh, Charles Spurgeon used to admonish his young pastors to keep their sermons and reread them years later so that they may repent <laughs> over the poor quality of their preaching. <laughs> and they didn't even have recordings. And uh, so I struggle to listen to my sermons 
um, just because I'm super critical as I'm preaching, but it's very helpful. Mm-hmm. I, I try to listen to the sermon I preach at least once or twice during the week following, um, just so for the critique, but then also to to apply. So, but because I preach more than I listen to preaching, and by preaching I mean live preaching. I listen to probably 30, 40 sermons a week. Um, so what I what I tend to do is I live in my text. I've been living in Habakkuk, trying to read it every day, super short. And every time I read it, something else pops up, you know. And then I'll, for sermon prep, I'll just go through verse by verse and I'll summarize it. Here's what it's saying. And I don't try to piece anything together and make anything fit. I just try to, this verse, this verse, and then I'll make notes in a margin. How do they connect? What's the context? How is this one reaching back? That's super helpful. And then when I'm done with that paragraph, I can then pull back and look at it and see what is the general theme? What's been said? How has what has been said led to this? And boy, in chapter three, my goodness, does it ever connect. And then, and then I then, and only then, after I've done my work, my personal work, because I don't want to hear anything until I'm done with that, then I start listening. And everywhere I go, I listen. <clears throat> I, will, I will either start the day or sometimes finish the day outdoors um, exercising. And that's code word for golfing. Um, I, I, will golf, I will walk nine holes, either in the early morning or right at the close of the day, because it's cooler. And I have ear... My wife bought me these wireless ear things that pick up my phone, and I listen. And then on the way there and back, I listen, I listen, I listen. Sermon after sermon after sermon. Thank God for sermon audio. And so I'm, I'm listening uh, as well and getting challenged. But all that being said, I don't get to do what you all do. So let me ask you, uh, first of all, what, in your opinion, what is a sermon? I mean, what, what is this thing we call a sermon? And is sermon, when I say sermon, is that a negative, does that, does that bring up a negative connotation or positive or somewhere in the middle? Or does it depend on who's preaching? Just it's the not word. negative to me. Well, it, it <laughs> used, think, wait a second, did it used to be for you? Because it used to be for me. I was like, this is the boring part and I'd rather be in nursery. And now it's flipped. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I can see that. Or a uh, sermon for me used to be like, okay, is this going to scare me or not? Because if. If it's going to be scary, I'm walking out. <laughs> wow. Like I have to go to the bathroom or something. That was before you? Yeah. Christ yeah. Like if you. we're questioning salvation here. I'm out. I'm, I'm out. Yeah. Like I'm walking out. Like I can't. Wow. It would make me so anxious. Not anymore. Yes. I'm. What an interesting it's, observation. Because Pastor Stan Givens down in Mobile, Alabama, executive director of 614 Ministries, just texted me because I asked, I sent them a text. And he said, also, hungering and thirsting for righteousness that can only come from Christ, not from our own understanding or behavior. Mm. I was asking him, what are your tips for listening to a sermon? Mm. And it's what you two just said. Mm-hmm. So Stan, props to you. Yeah. Uh, because these two ladies in front of me have lived that out. Before Christ, not so much enjoying a sermon. After Christ, feasting on the Word. Mm-hmm. And what's the difference? It's the indwelling Holy Spirit that causes mm-hmm. you to love what Jesus loves and hate what he hates. Well, that's what I was saying before we recorded Anna, you weren't in here. I said, 
something to the effect now I en- I enjoy sermons. But oh, yeah. before I used to sit in the balcony with my husband and play like Candy Crush. Yeah. But I mean, honestly, I did that and I like had this whole thing in my head where I was like I play the game because when I'm doing something else, it helps me focus on the sermon. Mm-hmm. And I had myself convinced. And yeah. now, I mean, one of the biggest changes, which I don't know if you noticed this as my pastor looking out, I stopped sitting in the balcony. Yes, and I so appreciate that. I Because I was doing it to hide out because I could look at my phone and no one would know. And... I, I know it's okay to look at my phone. Like, it's it's fine. There were some slide issues this Sunday. I was texting Paul, asking him, like, what is that? What am I supposed to write here? Because I didn't have the notes <laughs> from the previous week. Either way. Um, but, yeah, that was a huge change for me is just making sure I'm in a position. And now I sit second row because yep. I get easily distracted. And I know if I sat in the back, I'd look at the door every time it opened. Do you know I'm the same way when I go to an event? I try to get the front row. Mm. And it's only because I am so distractible. Hmm. And distractions irritate me. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and I get quickly frustrated. And so I do that for listening purposes. My dad um, always called that like the spit row. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, I've heard that too. Yeah. Uh, so here's a question that's na- nagged at me for many years. Why do we need sermons? I mean, so let's just take them back in. Why can't you t- girls, you ladies, my daughter and daughter-in-law, I think of your kids, but why, why can't you ladies just go read Habakkuk 1, 2, and 3 and get everything out of it that I'm going to try to communicate to you in a sermon? Why preaching? Why do you need a man to stand up and declare this to you? And I need it too, by the way. First of all, I wouldn't get all of that out of there. <laughs> I am not that um, <laughs> smart. <laughs> I promise I would not get it. I think there's so much packed into it like even into just the Bible and it's it's hard for me and you to go in and just unpack everything that's there and that's something that you do very very well it's obviously a calling for you because it's not just like every person who can stand up and do that unpack it and unpack it in such a way that it's like doing justice to the text Mm -hmm. not just like having a point and then filling around that point with like proof text yeah picked out scriptures like it's actually unpacking what's there like it's i i hope to one day be able to do that better than i do now but it i wouldn't be able to go to back and get out what you've gotten out every sunday i've actually been shocked well uh, all that's in there (laughs) yeah and it's, it's a gift. It's kind of like discernment. I think to some degree, every oh. Christian is supposed to be discerning. Practicing but it. But they're... Like your husband's Yes, like my husband. Woman. And um, it's the same thing. Yes, I can look at the, the text and I can read commentaries. I do that. I have study Bibles. But there's something about having that gift that's just so much different. Yeah. Oh. So. That's very helpful. I appreciate that input. Um, so let me ask you, let me move from that and ask you this. What is a sermon? Um, and, and in the sense of that, in that definition of a sermon, um, based on the definition, why do I, what do I need to do with it? So first of all, what is a sermon? Three points that all start with the same letter. Yeah, I used to do that. Uh, and I still do on occasion, but I don't work too wait, hard at my favorite, Alliteration. Wait, this fits my favorite sermon title you've ever had was, Who's Your Daddy? And you used yes. it twice. 
Paul and I looked at each other once and we were like, he did that once before. <laughs> yes, I did. I've used that. I have used that twice. That's called a pastor's kid thinking. Oh, like, funny. these are the things that we notice. Also, my mom trained me to edit bulletins growing up. So I still do that. Oh, of course, nice. we don't have a bulletin now, but. No. Um, Thank you, COVID. <laughs> and I mean that sincerely. I we hate don't, doing the bulletin. We don't miss it. <laughs> we have, like, we have less than 100 people in church. I think we're good. Um. Anyway. Yeah, a sermon. So what is it? I mean, Give it's... Give me a concise definition from Courtney's brain. Okay. And then Anna, you're next. Um, I feel like this is a test. Words. This is... Okay, hold on. A pastor takes scripture and exegetically breaks it down for the congregation so that they can understand what's going on. Okay. Um but also have, I think there's always application mm-hmm. from it. So. Good. Anna, what is a sermon? Well, I, obviously I agree with what Courtney said, but I think like the something that really changed for me when I did become a Christian is understanding that the Bible is not um, a story for me so much as it is learning about the character of God Mm -hmm. and I think one thing you do especially well is always bring it back to the character of God and how we Mm -hmm. fall short of the character of God and I really enjoy like I, I think there are application points for sure for us but it's always in light of who God is. Yes, and that's so important. Yeah, it is really important. So I think that's a huge part of what a sermon should be, is understanding, here's a passage, let's go through it, um, verse by verse, and understand who God is and the character of God, and then who we are and you know, in light of that. Like that goes along with even just what you're doing in Habakkuk. Like Mm -hmm. he had doubts, but who is God? And like keep going back to that. And those that's the questions we should be asking three questions when we're reading our Bible individually, and that is what does it say about God, what does it say about me, and what do I do with that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um and it's the same thing with the sermon. We should be able to look and see that you did not just talk about us. Right. You talked about God and what does that say about us? In light of who God is. In relation yeah. to him. That's good. I'm a, I got the privilege right now of serving as a, a proctor for a young brother pastor who's in seminary. And we talked about this just yesterday on our conference call. Is a, a sermon is a proclamation. And it's, it's from the old English word of a herald, which we don't use anymore. We are to proclaim forth the truth of the text. And yes, it is always a truth about God mm-hmm. and then as a result in light of the truth about God what does that say what is the truth about us mm-hmm. and then what is the biblical response that I should make in 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 response to the proclamation of who God is okay yeah right yeah. so proclaiming there's teaching teaching's good and there's teaching within a sermon but at some point, as, as I discussed with, with my friend yesterday, we gotta, we got to do the teaching, and then we have to stop, and we have got to proclaim mm-hmm. the truth. We've got to look our people in the eye, and, and sometimes whew, get a little emotional with a broken mm-hmm. heart. We need to say, you got to repent. 
Brothers and sisters, this is where we are. And here's what God says. There is a chasm between these two things. And we, you and I, must repent, fall on our face before this holy God, because we're off, he'll never move. And we must repent. And we gotta stop and be bold with a broken heart and proclaim the truth. And, and oftentimes, either that proclamation isn't there, it's left for people, and I fell into this for a while, it's left for people to figure out on their own. Mm -hmm. I've done my job, I've exegeted the text, now you go home and deal with it. And I'll never forget Jim Williams, our, our senior deacon here, years ago said to me, he said, Paul, you do a great job with the text. He said, but I think you need to be clearer about telling us what we should do with it. And that really hurt my feelings, mm -hmm. but it, it changed my preaching. It changed my preaching. So application and proclamation and commanding people to repent um, became something I try to do every week. Well, I think that's why not everybody can be a preacher. That's why like God has specific um, qualifications that he sets forth. Um, because I have often said about my dad that I don't have, like, it's weird. I don't have the heart my dad has. And even you just getting, like, broken over that, like, I, I am positive that you don't leave church on Sunday and not think about the members of our church. No, yeah. And Absolutely. yet, I don't. I mean, I can go home and get distracted by every little thing. And I think that that is when you talk about, like, the gift of being a preacher, although sometimes I'm sure it doesn't feel like a gift, um, <laughs> that that's one of those things. Like, every good preacher that I know, every good man of God that gets up in front of a church, they have a heart, they have that compassion. Yeah. And when they don't, because I, I've also heard preachers who, who don't, you can tell. You can tell that they don't, it's, they'd rather make you feel good or just yeah. hand you something easy than actually tell you the mm. truth. I appreciate it. I, I've often said that when people leave church and I'm standing on that front porch greeting people, I don't, I don't want them to tell me how great the sermon was. If I've done my job, they should leave and say, how great is God? Right? He must increase, I must decrease. Our, and our goal is not to leave feeling good about ourselves. Our goal is to leave feeling good about God. Mm -hmm. um, so that's the thing. So here's the question. So that's what do we do with a sermon? We did the why, why bother? The what, what is a sermon? What do I need to do with it? How about the how? And this is kind of the, the guts of this. Um, how, okay, so how do I prepare myself? How do, or let me back up. How do I get the most out of the sermon once I'm there? What do I need to, so that it's time for the sermon, what needs to happen then I'm, I'm ready to hear it? I mean, oh, you can go. No, you're fine. <laughs> I was just gonna say, I think a big thing is going into it with lots of prayer. Um, and you say like, whenever it's time, but I think that's like all week. You sent us some articles mm -hmm. talking about this, but it's something that um, actually like a month ago, I started 
praying for you yeah. throughout the week. Um, and then also praying for me. And I think one of my biggest things is that I won't be distracted because I'm very easily yeah. distracted. And so we all know ourselves. It's kind of like Bible reading and how it's kind of different for every person. Anna and I are in different places with that. And that's totally fine. It's the same thing. Um, going into a service and thinking, okay, what is what do I need to do ideally to make sure that I can listen, that I can pay attention, and that I can learn? Mm-hmm. And again, it's different because, say, you have a child with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't know. And I don't know. I mean, I've, I've done that once or twice when someone else was preaching. I was here, and we had, I had, we had one of our children. And I was amazed. I, I walked away thinking to myself, how does my wife get anything out of these servants? Besides the fact that she lives with me, and I don't know how she listens to me as a result of that. But with this kid, and they weren't being like super naughty. They were just being two or three. And, you know, I got something out of it, but it wasn't near what I would have. Um, But that being said, I'm all for children being in the service because I think it's real life. And we need to hear the word of God in context of the real world, real life, the life we live in home. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with kids. I don't care about babies crying. That makes me smile. I think that's totally fine. So I'm not saying we should get all the kids out of service and limit distraction. No, I think I think it's our response to distraction. And can we listen? And then can we go, and if we are like super distracted through the whole sermon, will we have the discipline to go home? pull up the podcast and listen to it again in, in a time when we're not distracted. Anna, what do you think about how do you, how do you get the most out of a sermon um, as you're listening to it? Kind of like Courtney said with the preparing, it's funny because I remember mom doing this growing up and I do it now. Um, when we would be getting ready in the morning, especially if things were like starting to get sour, she, mm. like attitudes, she would put on very loud Amy Grant hymns <laughs> and sing like Probably she just for her. she wouldn't just put them on and listen like she would sing them and there was something about that that like trickled down How to us and I literally do the same thing now because when you're getting your kids ready and you're getting the diaper bag ready and like do we remember the wipes do we have this mm-hmm. whatever it's it's gonna be stressful but then we're blessed to have a 45 minute drive to church yeah really like i i really do think of it as like a good time to like put sovereign grace music on Mm -hmm. or hymns and then really like listen to it and sing like sing it there's something about worshiping that really Mm -hmm. gets your heart back into a place that's like open to receiving that that's for me personally and i watch mom do that how interesting, because so little full disclosure here, especially on days when it's been a bad week or my heart's just not in the right place and I know I've got to get up and, you know, four or five, I get up early anyway, and Sunday mornings I try to get up earlier. I'll come up here, and I'll, I usually take the two, two of my sons with me. I'll leave them home, and I'll come up here, and I'll put on Bill Gates or vocal band. Really? Yeah, and I don't know what it is. I mean, we don't. I don't know what it is about that music, but that yeah. just that just fires me up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, and I'm not trying to get like an emotional. It it gets me before the Lord, and then maybe it's my past with you know I grew up with them, and and it speaks into that. But I so I never knew about mom doing yeah. that because I was never there. Yeah, so I, I think that's great. I think there's something about like worshiping that 
prepares your heart. Like, it gets your heart and your mind off of, like, external things and, like, your singing to the... Like, that worship... There's something about worship. I think that's why we sing before the sermon. It gets you prepared now (laughs) one thing i've I've always fought against is i grew up with the mentality that the singing gets you ready to hear the sermon and i i get that but i also want to be careful that singing's worship but listening to the sermon is worship it's not two different things right yeah So I want to make sure that we've got a seamless understanding that Mm -hmm. I am vocally worshiping God. I am worshiping God through my my praying, but I'm also worshiping God by taking in the declaration of his word Mm -hmm. and taking it to heart. Okay, so I stand up there. You guys know. Um, I said, turn, open your copy of the Word of God. I had someone get after me one time. Why do you say copy of the Word of God? I said, because no one's got the original. <laughs> you got a copy. Yeah. So I've always said that. So I get up and say, open your copy of the Word of God to Habakkuk 3 this week. What are you doing at that point? Opening my copy of the Word to yeah. Habakkuk 3. Is it an well, actual Bible or a phone? I don't it's, use my phone. I use my actual Bible, and yeah. I actually do it. I think it, that's important. Listen, there's a way to do it whenever um, Pastor Paul Jettle is your pastor. You have to do that during the announcement. That's true. Because then you're poised mm-hmm. to write the title, write the date, that's write good, the scripture. That's a good so, touch. Because sometimes you'll say something in the very beginning, I'll be like, well, I didn't have time to write that down. Yeah. So. Sometimes... So, like, I get what you're saying. Like, when you have your kids in, you know, it can be difficult. I do, I get that. And I get the value of taking every single Mm -hmm. note. But I have not found it to, like, obviously there are going to be moments when you're distracted. And I know my husband is a lot more distracted if, like, there are kids on him. So, usually if we have Meyer and Joseph, like, Meyer's next to him because she's more quiet and then Joseph's next to me like I open the Bible up and put it down right here and Mm -hmm. I'm reading through and I do take the bulletin notes which are more like one word in here right but I I don't I am a distract I can be a distracted person but like that's I don't feel like I get less out of it yeah no and it's I mean again this goes back to like you have to know yourself kind of yeah sounds terrible but you do yeah um and even i i put my child in the nursery but we've already started talking about maybe when he turns three but my husband's in the balcony i'm by myself it's just me if he runs off it's me yeah and so i have evaluated my situation and it's not like in the bible there's like this line that says you must take every note or you're not Mm -hmm. listening yeah I just, I guess I want to, like, encourage people who are sitting in there with their kids, like, it's, don't freak out if you're Mm -hmm. not getting every single note. That's why we got the podcast. Yeah. You can go pull it up later. Yeah. And I do love to listen to it later. Like, I Mm -hmm. usually, when the kids lay down for a nap, I either, like, do dishes or go on a walk. And it's, there is something about, like, if I'm moving or doing something, I really do listen Mm -hmm. a lot but not play Better. Candy Crush. No, that's, no. That's, that's me golf and then yeah. walking. The mo- most of that is a walk. Yeah. Ruined by a little white ball. But um, it's, I, I agree. Yeah. When I'm moving, 
there's something there, I, it just stuff yeah. sticks with me. I told Courtney I mean this is kind of off subject but I when I go to the gym I was trying to figure out like when to fit in my Bible reading because I'm up so early and I if I got up earlier it would I don't like it wouldn't it would end up not being a good thing so I was like I, I don't know when I listen to it and I'm walking at the gym like I'm so distracted by looking at everything going on but I found that on the U version you can have it playing and then you can put the text up so big on your phone and it will just move for you it It will scroll for you which is wonderful and I found that the listening and then reading with it even if I'm at the gym I'm like really getting it well let me give you this uh, from Pastor Nick. We all love Pastor yeah. Nick, don't we? Yeah. He's, he's, he we was... use his angry outburst line. We do. And, and, well, no, at the end of our episodes, yeah. I'll say angry outburst, yeah. and that's who, yeah. We love Nick. Yeah. Uh, he's pastoring in Corinth, Mississippi. Now, I asked him the same question, shot him a text. How do, how do you get the most out of a sermon? And I, he says, with a Bible, with a pen, and with paper. Mm. And then he says, or if those are a given, then attentively, open to the Spirit, and critically, meaning mostly in a First John four one sense. So, what does First John four one say? And I'm looking for my Bible. It's terrible, pastors. I've got there. mine. <clears throat> I will say, if I'm not even like, I do appreciate when you have like the paper there. Yeah. Even if I'm just write, I can write one fill in at a time when I have my kids with me, and I will say. If I'm not filling it in, it is very it's hit or miss if I'm yeah, following along yeah. as much as I should well, be. Well, and I think I think it was like a couple weeks ago you didn't have notes and you said so much yeah. and there was so much on the screen and so and that I had always does help. Come to me with that. <laughs> really? Which is why I had notes for the next yeah. week. Yeah. Um I think that's important. Yeah. I know I when I have the privilege of sitting in live preaching, uh, I am writing yeah. madly through the whole sermon um, because I always like to think I'm going to go back and read it later I, I rarely do that but it helps me to track mm-hmm. you know and to and then there's something there's always one or two things said in that sermon and I'll circle them or star them well, and those are those are my takeaways but I'm getting ahead of myself but well and I was about to say also we have like our small group during the week which right you're going to redo you know, that rehash that sermon Anna doesn't have that, but sometimes I will. Paul will this, yes, Sunday. this Sunday. Sometimes Paul gets a call and turns to me and says, "Hey, can you walk everybody through the notes?" And yeah. I'm like, but "You do a well, great job." Thank goodness I've. Have you? Oh no, I you did it. hear me that one time. I did. And I it's liked really it. weird leading, like quote unquote leading. It's more moderating a small group with like all the men and the pastor. So I've done that. <laughs> I but. thought you did great. So first John four one, yes. what's it say? Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if Amen. they're from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Nick, for that. What was what are you guys heard me say this more than once? I'll stand up there and say, Don't believe a word I'm about to tell you. Which is a weird thing for a pastor to say, right? I say, you take what I say, and then you go home, and you search it out for yourself, and be a Berean, and see if I'm right or wrong. And if I'm wrong, please tell me. Let's have a conversation. And let me, let me just say, that does not apply to all pastors, because I have tried that <laughs> with another pastor. Yeah, 
try to get permission first. Where I, I went back and I was like, oh, that's not really what that says. That context is not quite right. That does not work with every pastor, let me tell no, you. It doesn't. Know who you're talking to. That's true. That's true. But I, I loved I loved what Nick said with the Bible, with a pen, and with paper. I think that's really important. And yes. I prefer, <coughs> this is me personally when I'm listening, and I wish every person that came to church would carry a Bible, an mm-hmm. actual Bible, and not the phone. Um, because the phone's too tempting to do oh, other yes. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's me. And then I love you said attentively. For me, taking a notes makes me attentive. What about that second one? Open to the Spirit. Has the Holy Spirit ever just zinged you during a sermon? And can you remember a specific zing? I'll give you one to start with. And this was three years ago. Brother Archie Dick from, he's a Canadian pastor way up in northern Canada. Um, he stood up, it was, it was a small service for pastors. There were probably 15 people, 15 preachers in there. And he stood up and he said that he's preaching on servanthood. Here's a man that has served Christ faithfully in a, oh, it's just such a rough setting, small, frozen town. And here's what he said. Everyone wants to be a servant until you're treated like one. Now, why is it that three years later, I can't get that out of my head? And every time I want to get a little bit offended because I have done something and I've gotten no response, no thank you, no nothing. Every time I do that, I hear Brother Archie's voice in my head. Everyone wants to be a servant until you're treated like one. And I, three years, and I still remember that. That's powerful. So what are some things that that the Holy Spirit has kind of zinged you with over the years and some sermons that you've heard. It doesn't have to be mine. I think, Do you think of any? Well, I'm not good at remembering exact like words like you just quoted, um, but I'll go back and look at my notes. And um, one of them is, well, First John. I, I go back and, because I have, I have like a notebook, but I didn't have a notebook when you were going through First John. Mm-hmm. And I still note in my Bible, but like First John, yeah, it's got like the little lines, which is helpful. But First John, I'll just go back and read the notes because that whole series, like I wish you could do it again and record it so I could listen to it well. It's on Facebook, but yeah. Um, but yeah, um, whenever I heard the like, you can't love God and love the world, that kind of just changed my life reading that and then hearing it in a sermon. Also, um, Craig Ireland, when he came and did the revival that week and I I think it was the last night and that he said he took us back to 1 Corinthians 10 13 Mm. said test yourselves to see if you're in the faith and like I was in the faith but I hadn't been as long as I thought I had and I had been kind of fighting that for months and months and that just broke me and I I still go back to that now not as a are you a Christian but am I am I living like I am you know um and then also I'm gonna say again that Habakkuk the second sermon which was it was God isn't fair then God isn't there God isn't there is this week God doesn't care God isn't fair. See, he God still does it. He does. The, the, there's the rhyming yeah. thing, but I haven't forgotten it. I just can't put them in order. Right. Um, but that one really. Which just, one? The God isn't fair. 
or they the or second doesn't one. care. Whatever the second one was, it was it wasn't it was he doesn't care. Yeah, <laughs> and the I, first one was an introduction that didn't get recorded. Yes, and I and I sent that to people because I mean, how I many you telling me that. how many times have we thought like oh. I deserve better than this? Yes, it's like a constant thought that comes to my head, and that sermon like was just kind of like no, you don't <laughs> like. Wow knock that out so. but you anna anything come it's to mind? funny that you say that like the the god isn't fair one because i remember listening to that and i was like and you said something about like if you haven't had a, a habakkuk moment where you question this it's coming and i remember listening to that and it just really like i couldn't stop thinking about it the whole day like it oh, i don't know if i've ever questioned like if God is fair, I don't know if I've ever, and then there was something that came up in my life, like a meet, like the same day where I'm like, why is this happening to me? Why is it, what, what in the, why is this happening? Like, this is not right. I have been wronged against. Mm-hmm. This is moment. just, <laughs> this is ridiculous that this is happening. I could like, and I wrestled it with like, th- wrestled with it for like three days. Like I was just couldn't and then like finally the third day it, i was like oh this is all coming back to whether i think god is fair or not because this is happening to <laughs> me i think we had discussions like vague discussions because yeah. i was dealing with some stuff on my end and you were on yeah. your end and we were both like it's kind of like when i started praying for contentment like a week ago and then suddenly god's like let's see if you're really content and everything just fell apart for like a week mm-hmm. and it's I don't know, whenever you come in with, what did he say, like an open, what did he say? Open, open to, to the, the spirit. spirit. The yeah. thing is, is there's a difference from hearing it and just like, you're not supposed to be just hearers, you're supposed to be hearers and doers. Yeah. And there's a difference in listening to a sermon and just being like, I'm here at church and I'm listening. You can take notes and listen and all, but then being open to the spirit and open to saying like, okay, this week, God might test me on what I just heard. Mm-hmm. And am I actually soaking this up so that when that happens it might take a minute because i'm still being sanctified but in the end will i go back to the word of god and what he said yeah yeah and i think one thing too that you say very often joseph and i have been talking about it so often recently and it's interesting because i i don't think i've heard other people say this i'm sure there are other preachers who have said it but the not just the quick to repent, which is something you preach often, but that repentance is your best friend here. Oh, mm-hmm. that that's such a good to word. just if you have an opportunity for repentance, if if that is Rabbit. yeah, to just go like quickly take its hand. Like don't don't shrug it. I I have had so many oh. instances where it's right there. It's like in your face mm-hmm. and you're pretty miserable because you're in some kind of situation, obviously, where you're sinning. And it's, like, right there, and it's almost irritating. It's almost annoying. But I'll think about, this is your, this is your, this is a gift, and this is your friend. Mm -hmm. You need to, you need to go with this. Like, this is, this is not bad. This is God presenting a gift to you. By his kindness, Paul said, he leads us to repentance. Yes. Like, it's not a punishment. It's actually such a blessing. I love that. Mm -hmm. You know, Edward said that uh, repentance is the vomiting of the soul. Mm -hmm. 
And like physical vomiting, my mom said even as a baby I would fight it to, as an adult. I, I think I'm kind of one hand at times I've thrown up. And I'm telling you, there are times I've had the flu or a bug, and I have laid in bed and barely breathed because I could feel it was right here, and I fought it, fought it, and I won. Never came up. I guarantee you, I was sick for three or four more days than I needed to be, but I wasn't going to throw up. And you know what? Sometimes repentance is like that. You're like, I'm just going to fight this with everything that's in. That's just your flesh. And you know, my, and my wife would come and say, honey, you'll feel so much better when you throw up. And I know that's true. Yeah. But like there's something in me. I can't, I can't get there. I can't do it. Unless there's just, there's those times that it's coming and there's nothing you can do. All right. But if you can fight it, I'll fight it. But people, we have a tendency to do that with repentance and responding to the word. Which kind of is my last thing is, so we, we dealt with the, um, the why. Why a sermon? The what, what is a sermon, how, how can I get the most out of it? When, you you all kind of brought that up, um, how far in advance should I prepare and what are things that prepare us for it? And then the last question is the where. And and by that, I mean, where, where should I take the sermon? And I've got four directions, and I want you to ponder this. We should take the sermon in. We should live it out. We should take the sermon up. To God in prayer and then we should take the sermon down in the sense of to our world we should really let the, the truth of that proclaimed word sink deep deeply into our souls so that it becomes a part of our thinking and, and, and to pull it to download that sermon and it's not just okay so we got through this week what's next week no I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna download that sermon so in out up and down um, what does that look like? And how could, what do we do now? I like to do what went well, even better if, as an evaluation tool. What of those four are we doing well? And what could be even better if? Where's some room for improvement in that? So taking it in, we've talked a lot about that, internalizing the sermon. What about what about the out? What would that mean? If taking it in is internalizing it, what a, where are we supposed to take it in a sense of, of out? So like every week after church, well, usually after <clears throat> we put down Paul down for a nap, one of us, me or my husband, will ask the question, like, what do you think of the sermon? Mm-hmm. We don't give you a letter grade. <laughs> I've tried to fight for that. He won't let yeah. me. No, um, but that's one of the things that we discuss and I mean, I don't have a child old enough, but I guess you could talk to your child about it once they can talk. Yeah, I think that's part of it is giving voice to what you think you heard. And your husband's a great person to do that with because of his incredible spiritual gift of discernment. Mm-hmm. What about you, Anna? How do you how do you take that sermon and? You've internalized it, now how do you get it out of you? What's the outlook like for you? I do think vocalizing it with somebody. And I think, for me, sometimes it's like, I don't know, I'll just think about it. Like, ponder on it a lot, like a lot, so much so that like when there was a specific instance where I was having a conversation slash 
debate with someone and it was very civil mind you and it just like because I've been thinking about it and pondering it like it just came up Mm -hmm. in that I was able to use the is God fair Mm. aspect of a sermon in this conversation with somebody I just think like that's part of how it comes out and obviously talking about it with Joseph is Mm -hmm. something that's very like just talking to somebody else about it who was there is yeah. a big part of it. But living it out is huge. That's a way of getting it out is living it out. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think both of those are important. I love that you got you, you ladies are rehashing that sermon with your spouses. And, and, and then with, through our DLT, which for, that's, that's inside language. It stands for doing life together groups. Um, we actually unpack that sermon. So that's what these groups do. They meet together during the week, and um, they say, okay, here's what I heard. Here's where I struggle. It's, it's being honest. And, and if we're doing those groups the way I, I hope that we hope we do, it's, it's mostly application. Okay, how does this apply to me, and where, where are my sticking points, and how can, how can we pray for each other about these issues? And it's a good way to, like, when you're talking about, like, testing what you've said, like, I've even had questions that I've presented to Paul. We've had questions come up in our DLT where things just didn't, we didn't understand something you said. Or maybe we've had people who have said, like, I didn't quite agree with this. And then Mm -hmm. we just discussed it, which is, it's, I mean... I know you're close, but you're not perfect. So Uh it's okay for us to discuss these things. And we know that you encourage it, and we appreciate being able to discuss that. And especially with Paul, like, he doesn't look at me and go, you're stupid because you didn't understand that. He'll come back to me, and sometimes he'll be like, I didn't understand it either. And I think he's brought some of those things up to you. He has, which I really appreciate when he does that. Yeah, it's – and – but most of the time, he sits back and goes, "Okay, well, let's let's figure this out." Let's, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I love the the sermon based small groups. Um, as a pastor, we want to get the most mileage out of that sermon as possible. And for years, it was so discouraging. And and unless you're a pastor or not pastor, but unless you're a preacher, you you won't thoroughly understand this. But for you ladies, like making this awesome meal and putting all this time into it, because I've done that too. I love to cook. And then, like, you gobble it down, and it's like, did anyone even acknowledge how awesome that was or, or how great that was? You know, we just ate it up so fast, and all that work is over. Um, and with the DLTs that way, that we're rehashing that and reliving it. And we're li- and the nice thing is, like, I love these DLTs that are later into it. you all is going to be right on Sunday afternoon, which is fine. There might be a benefit to that, too. But to be able to live in that, for a few days and then come back and say, you know, you know, here's my notes and here's my struggles and can somebody help me with this or uh, what do you think about that application? I think that's so important. And then, of course, living it out amongst yourselves. I've also hopefully designed it or my hope and prayer is that families will take it home. And I know your children are young, but I know that on the way home with some of my older children that are still at home will I'll kind of quiz them. You know, what was that sermon about? What did, what did, and here's my constant question. What did you hear? And they all have heard different things, you know, so that, that, that is a bit of a topic of discussion in the house that week. 
as we live through that. Um, what about down? So, oh no, what about up? What have you have you pondered much about what am I supposed to do with this sermon in relation to God? Have you have you what does it look like to take that sermon, that proclamation to God? I don't think I explicitly do, but like like I was saying earlier about sanctification and like something will come up that relates to the sermon and because I've heard it in the sermon, I'm able to like gauge my reaction. And when it's faulty, for a lack of a better word, so like when I look at a situation and I say, that's not fair, then I can gauge that reaction, hold it up to the word of God that was presented in the sermon, and usually that is where it turns into, Lord, help me to like yeah. actually take this in. <laughs> Because yeah. you can't do it yourself. You, if you go into a sermon and hear something and you're like, oh, I can do that. That's mm. not the way to respond. Mm-mm. Yeah. What about I, you, Anna? How do you pray that sermon? Is it, is it possible to pray a sermon to respond to God in that sermon? I try to have that response time, but don't always do yeah, it well. I think, like what you were saying, sometimes for me, I think this is just my stubbornness, though. I wrestle with it, like what I was just explaining, like, is God fair? Sometimes it's something I have to wrestle with, and it's like, it'll take me a few days before I'm like, okay, Lord, (laughs) I'm obviously a fool here, and I'm questioning if you're fair, which I know is ridiculous, but it it will come to that. But then there there are a lot of times, I think it's just like a Holy Spirit thing where you'll be nearing the end of a sermon or sometimes it'll be in the middle of the sermon or something and I'll immediately be like oh lord forgive me because yeah. yep. this is <laughs> yep. um I can you are shining a spotlight here on an area where I'm not doing well and that's I mean that's it's nice when it's like immediate like that and you're not having to wrestle with it right mm-hmm. sometimes it is a wrestling thing and it'll take you a little while before you get to that point but a lot of times it's more of a you know you're in there and it's kind of it I find a lot of times sermons will shine a spotlight directly on a place where I'm struggling yes yeah so two thoughts and I want you both to try it this week that during that response time and well you're not going to be here but the next time you hear a sermon live before you even leave the building just take some aspect of it and pray it back to God. Hmm. And say, Father, here's what I heard. I heard that you are fair, but that my issue with it is your timing. And I want to thank you that you don't change your timing because of my misunderstanding. And, and, I, and, and, and just, I just want to thank you, Lord, that you are in control. You're never late. And um, I can rest in that. So taking the sermon, and before you even leave the building, taking time to pray it back mm-hmm. and to give it back to the Father. Um, and not always for correction, yeah, but for encouragement. Lord, I thank mm-hmm. you that you are holy. Yeah. And Habakkuk knew that. I thank you that you're sovereign. Well, I need that. Thank you so much. Um, you know, and I try to do some things occasionally. We do the do the word. I love when I have a good do the word application. 
where I say, okay, here you heard it, now do it. And I'll give instructions for people to get into some small groups right there in the service and do it. We did one recently in Habakkuk about, you know, a time that God didn't answer a prayer or did answer a prayer. And, you know, it was so cool. So I asked my wife later, how'd that go? Who was your partner? She said, my partner was Ben, my son, who's 12, and Jack, who's six. And I thought, okay, so tell me about that. So she said, I shared a prayer that I had that God said no to. We would say didn't answer. And then Jack says, oh, I got one. And and I thought, well, this could be rich. He goes, yeah. He said, God answered my prayer. And Elizabeth said, well, what was that? He said, well, Dad was preaching so long, and I asked God, please help my dad to finish his sermon and end church. And he did. That's <laughs> a good prayer of a pagan little boy that needs to be regenerated. But um, the next week, is God fair? The response time is what I was kind of getting at here. Because those are so... D- deep and sometimes those hurts those wounds go down so far that I wanted to take that Habakkuk moment and I asked people to write it down and just had a time of silence I want you to take this to the Father that Lord this isn't fair but I'm not seeing it like you are you know and take that hurt and 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 that's the up taking the sermon back up to the Lord um, so that's the thought there. Um, I hope this will be a help uh, to people. I think we need to 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 get every drop of help from a sermon, and I think we tend to take it for granted. Even me as the pastor, um, as the preacher, we take it for granted, and uh, I want I want to just encourage your audience to. And you and the two of you to let's take the sermon in let's live it out and share it with other people even on the way home but let's make sure we take that sermon up and 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 give it back to the father and then let's download that sermon let's bring it down you know your will be done on earth as it is in heaven lord i'm gonna i'm gonna i want you to weave this into my soul into the frontal cortex of my brain so that this becomes my perceptual set through which I view, this is the lens through which I view your work in history and my part in it. So in, out, up, and down. So that's all I got. I feel like we really ended on like a pastor's type of note. In, (laughs) out, up, and down, everybody. Um, So yeah, uh, been reading anything good lately? Mm-hmm. Genesis. Woo! Me too! I just finished a most amazing book called Endurance, the story of Shackelford's failed voyage to to go to Antarctica and cross it. Woo. It is the most incredible story of leadership and devotion. Mm-hmm. I mean it more I'm ashamed to admit to you, more than once I was wiping away tears. I feel um, like that's a Paul book. Oh, like have you told him about it? Because I no. feel like that's. And then right now I'm reading. Uh, I kind of started at the same time, and I've gone back and forth. But uh, I'm reading, also reading um, the biography of Harriet Tubman, mm. and it is stunning. And, it, and it's really obvious that whoever did this biography is a very strong pagan, and poo-poo's her spirituality, she calls it, due to a head injury. Um, which she really did. She had a massive head injury. And and all the psychology behind it, these types of things are very... But isn't it interesting 
that these types of things that she writes off due to a head injury, that that God spoke to her and and gave her specific directions in the swamp. And if they'd have gone one way, they'd have all been murdered. Going the other way, they went to freedom. Mm-hmm. And all of those things lined up every single I'll tell you what, it has done more for my faith in a sovereign God mm-hmm. listening to this and also understanding the plight of uh, these slaves and how they were so brave and bold to want the freedom of us. It's just a beautiful, inspiring story. I have been reading Nancy Wilson. I read Learning Contentment, and that was so good. Thank you, Anna, for giving me that because I really wanted it. And then I'm now reading Virtuous by her, which is really good. And it just goes through a bunch of virtues um, one by one. And I just love how everything she writes is so, like, she's just throwing scripture. There's more scripture than her writing, which is what I like. Um, I also read a book called um, Pages in Code, The Book Wanderers by Anna James. And it was a middle grades book and I was so excited because it was about a girl who could go in books and it was not good. So oh. I don't recommend it. It's, high, it's very popular, but it just wasn't that good. Hmm. Um, and now I'm reading, um, I am reading a book about a guy who escaped from one of the um, concentration labor oh. camps in North Korea. Wow. And I just, he was born there, raised there, and escaped at, like, 23. And it is insane um, and very relevant, very, something that people should read if you think China is great. I know that's not about China, but if you think China is great, you should read this book. Wow. I think it's, like, Escape from Camp 14. Um, so, yeah. Have you been listening to anything? or Like podcasts? Yeah. Have you, like, at... I'm just yeah. wondering what are you what are you doing? Yeah, um, I listened to the latest Sheilogen. Yes, one, so good. It's real good. Oh, it's so good. Real good. And I don't know if I want to share this. I listen to the Ben Shapiro show very often. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Do you like, like slow it down? No, no. I, I like I like his fast pace. I'll be honest. There are podcasts that I speed up. It okay. So I do that, but I can't listen to him unless he's talking about a topic that I really want to hear about yeah because he like makes my heart race because he just goes yeah. like and yeah Bye but it's, I'll be honest it's the only podcast that I openly laugh out loud on really some <laughs> of his he's super snarky some of his zingers I oh, just man. I can't like it yeah. gets me well you know he had um Candace Owens Owens on mm-hmm. and then did you hear about all that stuff with oh that was her a great and Cardi B. that was did you hear podcast. about because she talked Her about Cardi and B, forth. and then they went at each yeah. other online. Yeah. Um, if you don't know about that, <laughs> Allie Beth Stucky has a podcast. Also, We're not going to talk about Nancy that. Nancy Wilson's, her podcast is very oh, good. Femina. And it's short. Yes. It's short. It's so, so nice for nice. like a short ride. Yeah. So, um, But I have a couple books in the arsenal that I'm planning to read here. The Doctrines of Grace and... I haven't been reading a lot. Like, you act like you're pregnant or something. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I'm not sick anymore, though, so I have, There's like, a, a lineup of books and stuff Sounds that good. I really want to read. And But last night, I read Harry Hippo. Ooh. To the kids. It's exciting. Nice. It's exciting. Nice. So, I mean. my podcasts are, uh, I do listen to Shapiro. I found that, it found its way into my thing, and I really? clicked on it, and I don't think I signed up for it, but I get it all the time. And I, I don't listen to it religiously, yeah, yeah. but occasionally I do. Um, and um, 
one of my favorites right now because of the content is the Disciple Makers podcast. They've been having Neil T. Anderson on, and I know he's a little controversial, but oh, he's he's just been bringing back some truth that I have long forgotten, and it's so necessary on our identity in Christ and who we are, and it's so vital. And God is so kind and so good to bring those things into my life right now because of mm-hmm. some things I'm planning for the church and I've been struggling and praying, you know, Lord, where do I go? Because your husband nixed one of the main resources we were going to use. And thank you, Paul Jr., for your gift of discernment. He said, Dad, we can't use that. Yeah. <laughs> and it really hurt my feelings because I thought the content was good. The author was terrible, mm-hmm. but his content was pretty good. But I couldn't argue with your, your husband. So... Oh, God's brought this back, and it's just so good. So, Disciple Makers Podcast, the current one, and anything with Neil T. Anderson has been so, so very good. And in case you think I only read biographies, my next book after Harriet's done is uh, Ballad of Songbirds. I was going to say, you got to read that next. It. It's so it. good, guys. The New uh, Hunger Games, I 1,010% recommend it. I'm ashamed to say publicly it's, that I'm going to read that, but I am. It's so <laughs> well done. And, like... I'm so used to books now that are teen books. Like, I read middle grades books because I like fiction, but I don't like fiction that's icky. And I don't like reading language all over the place. And as far as I'm concerned, that book was just, like, fairly like fairly clean. It was, and it was so well done. And don't it was give anything away. Three, and there are characters in it. That was my spoiler. I've got to drive to uh, North Carolina and back in the 1st of October through the 3rd, and uh, that's what I'm going to listen to. Well, I told Paul that I, because we're leaving for the beach, when this comes out, we will. I will be at the beach, um, and I told Paul I wanted to listen to it on the way there, and he was like, you already read it, and I was like, yeah, I want you to read it, and I thought it was really good, and I'm willing to listen to it, <laughs> yeah. which is saying something. Joseph but. and I have been watching every night the Alone, thank you, Dad. Oh, alone. <laughs> oh, oh it's so goodness. good. It's, it's so, it's very hard for so me to good. wait for him because I just want to like binge it. I Listen, I wouldn't even tap it, out. I would just die in the night. Yeah. I just know that. It's so, we're I, on the first season. Oh, it's so good. It's I feel like that's really? a show you would hate for, it. I was going to say, that's a show it. for special. No, um, Paul and I have started watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, gosh. But he keeps like needing to watch football and stuff, so Joseph we don't get to watch not. it. He's Joseph is so picky on what he'll watch, so when we actually find a show we both like, it's a miracle. Well, okay, I so my full it. disclosure on that, I hate vampires. But my guilty little pleasure is werewolves. I don't know why. I've watched every werewolf movie except hilarious. the ones with the kid. Twilight? The Twi- I won't do that. No, uh, even though I love awful. werewolves, I, I'm not awful. doing Twilight. Well, see, I like the older stuff because it wasn't so strange. But. Well, I started Buffy, and he came in and was like, "What are you watching?" And I was like, "Oh, I'm like 20 minutes into the first episode of this." And he was like, "Oh, I want to watch it." But Joss Whedon created it. Really? Yeah. So it's really it's pretty interesting so far i can't recommend it so this is not a recommendation because so far they're like it's been like it's a little 90s show so it's not wait is it 90s i think it's 90s yeah. but it's i mean it's it's good for it's not totally my type either because i'm not into like scary stuff even mm-hmm. a little bit scary and it's cheesy scary it still freaks me out a little yeah. bit so so last thing for me shout yes. out to kevin DeYoung and alistair big sermon audio their sermons on habakkuk Though I haven't used much from them, it really helped me personally just internalize 
the text and mm -hmm. deal with it. Right. Um, although I did use Kevin DeYoung's in intro on the taunt song in baseball because it was spot on, and oh. I used it Sunday, which I thought was great. So plagiarized. I'm I did. just kidding. <laughs> nothing, nothing new under the sun. <laughs> Okay, well, I guess that is it for this week. Um, if you want to let us know what you think, you can leave us a rating or a review, or you can reach out to us our Instagram at a lot of thoughts podcast, or you can check out, or you can whoop, you can email us at a lot of thoughts podcast at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear from you. So let us know what you think. But I believe that is it. We will see you guys next week. Bye.